Am I live? <laughs> Just a minute, I might have to check. <laughs> Good morning, I'm Alan Murray and I'm a parishioner here and I'm trying to honour God by speaking to you this morning and I'm going to try and teach you what Jesus has already taught us so it's a bit of a tall order. I'm going to pray for a start. Dear Lord, thank you for challenging me to do this teaching session. Thank you that we can all join together knowing how much you love us. And thank you that Matthew so faithfully recorded what Jesus has said here to us. Open our eyes, Lord, so that we can see and open our ears so that we can understand. In Jesus' name, Lord. Amen. Good work, eh? That's good. <laughs> I'd like to say a special hello to uh, people that are online. Um, I know my friend Amber from Monbulk Aquatic Centre usually watches these, so we'd love to have you back here to give you a hug sometime, Amber. But please, I trust that you'll learn from all of this that we do today. There's some people I've got to thank to getting all of this. Some of the members from my Bible study, my home group, are here to encourage me. Thank you very much. I'd like to thank Andrew for helping with my theology as well, making sure that I was sort of pretty much on the right track. And I'd particularly like to thank my wife, Anne, because uh, a few nights, the last couple of weeks, I've been waking up in the middle of the night. How am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? Yeah, anyway, we've got there in the end. So let's get into it. New technology today too, guys. It worked. 40 bucks, Amazon. Um, yeah, it's blue too, it's lovely. Um, okay, why did Jesus teach uh, in parables? So this is, the, this is the fourth in the set of sermons we've done about the kingdom of heaven. And why did he teach in parables? It's not as simple as it looks. First of all, he spoke in parables because it was a bit um, open to interpretation. You know, what did he really say? And you can imagine that the disciples going home and doing what we've just done, sitting around a table with bread and wine and meat and all those sort of things and saying, what did the master say? Was he talking about this or was he talking about that and how does it affect me? So it was to stimulate conversation. And I hope you go away from here today saying, oh, did Alan really get that right? What, what was Jesus saying here? The other th reason he did it was you need to understand he was under a lot of pressure from the religious hierarchy saying, you know, what's this guy doing? So what Jesus often did is he'd sort of make it so that they thought it was saying something else, which they agreed with, but actually he was saying something else. And in my view, the take that I've done on this with Andrew's help is that I think he's taken a tack here that it looks like it's all about fish and judgment and all of those sort of things. But I think it's really about the net. And that's what I'm going to talk about today. So it's in two parts, really, but it's joined together. So we're talking about the kingdom is like a net. It's joined by a very strong joining word, old and new. So these two bits can't be separated. They're two 
two stories, if you like, but they're locked together. Okay, we'll just dive straight into the kingdom is like a net. Just do a bit of a backtrack about what is a kingdom because there's something that you and I don't really relate to anymore. We'll talk about the kingdom. There's, there's three, we're going to talk about three different kingdoms here. And these kingdoms, the Israel's first kingdom. Where's Jim? Where's Jim? You've hidden from me. Who was Israel's first king? Jim. Very good. Who was it, everybody? Saul. Saul, right. No, it's all right. Didn't know how much. So the first king was Saul. Now you remember that they all came out of Egypt. The Israelites came out of Egypt. Um, they had this political structure set up by Moses with all the laws, the Ten Commandments, Deuteronomy, Leviticus, all those rules and so forth. And that's how they behaved. That's how they lived with each other. But after a while, they'd all settled in this new land and they were getting beaten up by the, the neighbours, the Philistines and the Moabites and all that sort of stuff. They said, they've got a king. Why don't we have a king? So they went to Samuel, who was the theocratic leader. of the, He was the guy guiding everybody. And he, they said, we want a king. Samuel says, well, I don't think God's going to like this. So Samuel duly goes to God and God says, don't like this. And he says, go back and tell them I'm their king, not anybody else. Samuel goes back to the Israelites and they say, we still want a king. We've got to have a king. We're all getting beaten up. So Samuel goes back to God again and God says, okay, I'll give you a king. I'll find a man for you. But there's going to be consequences. The consequences are going to be, you're going to lose some of your young men. They're going to have to become soldiers. They're not going to be out there to harvest the grain. You're going to have to give money to the king. There's going to be, they're going to be the consequences of the choice you have made. And we then go on with the first kingdom. There was a new, another set of rules. So they had the old religious rules and now they had a new set of rules that the king applied. I'm trying to create this picture of how a, a group of people behave in a community and I'll drive it for, all the way forward to how we behave in a community here at, Mon, um, at Emerald, Monbolt and at St Mark's. Now, there, we need to put this all in context for Jesus' time. In Jesus' time, it was really complex. Here's a trick question for the whole of the group. Who was the king, although he wasn't called a king, at the time of Jesus? Say again. Yeah. Who was Herod's boss? More information. There were a lot of Caesars. Who? Who was it? Oh, very good. You must be a minister. <laughs> Tiberius Caesar was the, uh, was the king or the, the top dog. And we know that from... Luke, because Luke says, John the Baptist started his ministry on the 15th year in the rule of Tiberius Caesar. But under Caesar, we've got Caesar and we've got Pilate. And then we've got King Herod over here. 
And then we've got the religious leaders like Samuels, but they were appointed by the Romans really, Annas and Caiaphas. So if you're a Jew in Jerusalem or wandering around, imagine how many sets of rules you have to apply with. It's almost like our building approval process here at the moment. <laughs> lots of rules, lots of environmental conditions. You really wonder whether you're going to be doing the right thing. And if you did the wrong thing, what happens? The Roman soldiers were draconian. They would make that only a Putin blush. These guys were so bloody. You do something wrong, you're naked on a cross outside the front door. They were ruthless. So the environment they were living in were all these rules and so forth. So now let's dive into where we are, the kingdom that we have at our time. Now, can anybody tell us who is our current Prime Minister? Very good. <laughs> About 60%. Um, okay, and again, we've got a very different system that operates here now. Since the any English people here? We have a few English people here. What date was the Bank Carta signed? Did I hear somebody say 1215? Very good work. Since then, we've had a parliamentary system where the people or the parliament, and it's morphed over many years, into the system that we have here today called a democracy. And we are separated. We have government up here and we have the church here and we have the judiciary here. And they're all separate, or extremely separate, certainly a lot more separate than places like the United States. And we, live, we all live under those different rules. For those of us that are in the church, we have a similar set of rules all set out for us by Jesus and by Moses. We also have the laws, we, speed at which we drive the car. If you drive over 64 kilometres an hour through a 60 zone, what happens? get booked. So there, and there's all sorts of rules. We talk about building planning rules, but there's also behavioural rules. And how we behave as Christians in this community should look different to the way people behave that aren't Christians. Are people seeing us as kind, loving? Are we concerned about justice? Are we helping the poor? We are that group of people working in that environment. And I'm going to try and make a bit of a leap of faith here, is that the environment that we live in, all the things that control us and how we do, is like a big net. And that's what the Bible, Jesus says in the Bible reading. The kingdom of heaven is like a big net. Um, this, this particular net is the net that would have been used at the time of Christ. I'll try and do a flick between two big sides. There's a boat here and usually a boat there. They take this big long net out into the, uh, into the lake and this particular story was told to a group of people. There were, a lot of them were fishermen. At least three were definitely fishermen. The place where he was staying was beside um, the lake, the Sea of Galilee. So everybody knew everything about fishing. What happens is the boat goes out here and out here, then they draw with ropes. They get out and come back in and they start to draw the, the, the net in. 
So it's the net here that is the subject of what we're talking about here for the moment. This net, I'm saying or suggesting to you that that net is the environment within which we live and it's also how people see us. We are part of the community here. We are part of the culture here. One hopes that they see us and they say, oh yeah, that's probably good behaviour. Oh, maybe I should be like that too. Hmm. Oh, there we go. <laughs> a net has many parts, just as we show different things and we have different gifts as well. So we have, have floats, and the float holds the net on the surface. Then we go into the net that drops from the top to the bottom. And it's not easy to see, but there are some lead weights that take it to the bottom. And then the ropes then are used to draw the net, to draw the net in. I'm suggesting to you that you are part of the body of Christ. We are part of the body of Christ. We are a net that sits in emerald. People see us. This is our net. And you will have a different, each one of us will have different aspects of this net. You might be a float on the top surface. You might be a mesh. And I was going to get everybody to stand up and join hands, but I won't bother doing that. So if you imagine we're all together like this, joined together as a community. Or you might be a lead weight whoop, picking up people who are disadvantaged. You may be a rope drawing new Christians in towards us here. We all have a part to play in this kingdom of God. We are the net. I don't think that needs to be explained any further. The gift of the Spirit will be seen by our contacts. You have, you may have gifts of kindness and love and support. You might be a great orator, wish that I was. You may be a great theologian like Andrew. You might have other gifts, but these are gifts you give to the community. And we all in the community see that. And as a result of that, people are drawn in to the net of the kingdom of God. So that's the story of the net. The net is connected closely together with the word therefore. At one of the churches I used to go to, a minister had to do this. Actually, he wasn't a minister, he was a personer like me. He said, if it says therefore, what's the therefore? Why is it there? And it's really there <clears throat> to intimately connect these two stories. The owner goes out, this is what it says in the Bible reading, the owner goes out and brings out all the new treasures as well. Do you remember our talk from two weeks ago where we had, 50, uh, where we had uh, 60, 60 pounds of flour and it ended up making 50 kilograms of bread? You remember that, don't you? Uh, yeah, a lot of, a lot of bread. <laughs> Baker's delight to be proud. I'm going to drive this just a little bit further and talk about 200 kilograms of meat. Back in Jesus' day, if you wanted meat, you didn't go down to Woolies or the butchers. You went to the synagogue. 
and depending on what the sacrifice was, but say it was a young bull, young bull dresses at about 350 kilograms and it gets sectioned up. Some it goes to God as a sacrifice. Some of it goes to the priests and Caiaphas and his cronies. No doubt in Jesus' time, the Roman soldiers got a bit of a, bit of a crack at it as well. What was left over, you got to take home to a banquet. And we're talking about a serious amount of meat. I was privileged to be invited to uh, Colin's birthday party. And he has a son-in-law who is a fabulous cook. And he cooked 25 kilogram lamb, about this big. And there was buckets of it left over. And there was what, 30 people there, Cole? About that? So imagine what you're gonna do with 200 kilograms of meat. Oh. Ah. You need a big banquet and we talk about banquets in, in the Bible earlier. There's lots of things. You're going to have a lot of guests. You're going to need all the stuff you can find just to feed everybody. Things that have been in the cupboard for 20 years, 30 years, 50 years, whatever. You're going to need it all. To try and give you a visual picture of this, I dug out some stuff from my kitchen cupboard. This is old and this is new. I don't know how old that is. I first saw it at my grandmother's place having lunch one Sunday and my father was carving. You notice that it's a bit different. It's sort of got a bone handle. It's quite thin and slender and it has a flap that comes up, which is very useful if you're carving this way. You can put the flap up and you don't take the top of your knuckles off. Also, you can put the flap down and carve the other way. So it's, it's still in our kitchen. I don't know how I ended up with it. It was probably my grandmother's. It could have been her, before her. Mum was born in 1907. Um, I got it, <laughs> Mum got it somehow, and I got it from Mum. And it's old and it's useful. And so is this. The newer one is you can put it in the dishwasher. You don't have to hand wash it and all that sort of stuff. The old, what Jesus is saying to the people here is, you're currently studying, you're currently a scribe and you're becoming a disciple. I think we are all in the same situation. We're all becoming disciples, we're learning. From the Old Testament, we get things like prophecy, promises from God. We get the law. The Ten Commandments are still embodied in our laws today. And we also see thousands of years of history where people have made choices and experienced some sad consequences from Jesus. And remember, this, is, this story is being told before Jesus is crucified. This is before Pentecost. This is before the Holy Spirit descends. We've got that. The disciples didn't. But we can look at it now, going back there, and we can see this is what the kingdom of heaven is really like. He's made a sacrifice so that we can have a relationship with God, a relationship that the others would have had a lot of difficulty doing. And also he's given us the Holy Spirit. We can do things that we didn't think we could do. I'm living evidence of that. Um, this is the Holy Spirit working through me to you and I hope it's giving you some encouragement to take on things that are challenging.
Hebrews summarises this. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in many ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us through his son, whom he appointed heir over all things and through whom he has made the universe. Let me take you away with a couple of little reminder pictures. The net has many parts of which we are all part. The people of this community see us. They see the net, which is the kingdom of heaven. Which part are you? And there's the old and the new. There's things to be learnt from the Old Testament, from the experiences back there. But the most important thing is we are loved by God and Jesus is our hope of being part of the new kingdom. Sorry, I'll close with a prayer. (laughs) Dear Lord Jesus, thank you that you taught us so carefully and so in such a relevant way. Help us to take this teaching from you out into our lives this week so that we may become really valuable parts of your kingdom here. In Jesus' name, amen.